0: All right, so it's been a minute. We're back with a new episode.
1: Which one is this? What number?
0: Uh, this will be nine. Slayer oh, really? was
1: almost three. double digits.
0: Almost double digits. Slayer was not. Uh, Slayer was eight. So now we are encroaching our double digits. Uh, we both have been really busy, so it's been a while. Uh, my brother Patrick. I'm Christopher, by the way. Uh, we were talking about what Duh. we wanted to do, and he he had just suggested this one, and I was like, the hell are we going to talk about this person for? Because, I mean, it's like an incredible artist, beyond well-known, super controversial when she first came out. But I think there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. But, you know, when we were talking about the, the, the albums that shaped us, yeah. And I guess in a way, like in the background sense, this kind of did, especially with the MTV generation. Um, but we're talking about Madonna. Um, something that our late cousin Steve was more than a fan of. I don't even know what, what level of fan he was, like beyond fanatic. Uh, oh, did I tell you that What <laughs> Diana wanted to get a tattoo dedicated to Steve? And I was like, just do the Madonna uh, uh, Like a Prayer Uh, album you know the uh, album artwork, and she fucking did it no way (laughs) (laughs) and she got it like her whole goddamn leg and i was like oh yeah get this and i didn't think she was gonna do it Uh like fucking 15 inches i was like thinking like maybe three four inches Mm. so basically good going diana that's funny uh yeah um oh yeah so madonna debut record is 1983 is this sire I think so. Because she was on Sire. Yeah. For the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sire Records, 1983. I think the one the one track that... Because I, I went back and listened to this, and a lot of the songs... Because I don't remember all these songs. I remember Borderline Holiday and Lucky Star. But what was the other one you were saying? It a big Those hit. were the hits. You said there was one more that was like a
1: big There's Burning hit. Up. You remember that song?
0: Burning Up. Is that... That's Madonna?
1: It better be, because it's on her album. (laughs) She wrote it.
0: Why did I think that was somebody else? I don't know why. Well, a lot of... Maybe it sounded a little different.
1: I think, think too, like, which... What made me want to do this record initially was because of what it did for music and... Like, it was MTV era. So, it was, like, it, it had a big cultural effect that I personally saw, like, being a little kid, going to school and seeing just what it did to fashion just what it did to opening up the doors of music as far as you got to think like what was going around that time uh you know uh like tina marie debbie deb like like workout Stacey week or Q. what's what's that song um, Lookout look out weekend look out weekend debbie that came out i believe it was a little bit earlier but not by much not too much yeah but Like, that was a little bit more, like, hardcore underground, like, dance music. Yeah. But for people like us, like, even though we grew up in the suburbs, we still had, like, this kind of urban edge because of, you know, the people that we grew up with and our family and, you know, just R&B charts. It wasn't just straight top uh, 40 pop hits, you know. Like, we were exposed to – I mean, you – Back then, even now to this day, you go to a backyard party and there's like... You Actually, know, you either, know what?
0: Lookout Weekend came out in 84.
1: Or I'm sorry, what's the other song?
0: Stacey Q's. No, no, no. The
1: Debbie Deb, the other big hit she did.
0: Um, do um,
1: When I Hear Music. When I that Hear the Music. That's the one that dance. came out in 83.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, Debbie Deb, When, I, when yeah, I Hear
1: Music. Both those songs to me are like bookend singles, even yeah. though they came out a year apart. But like... Just imagine family backyard party in any neighborhood with people of color. Those songs were being played always, yeah. you know, they're and to this day they are. It's just classic, like it's just hand in hand with like zap and, you know, just that funk. Um, so I think this record, like Madonna with like Lucky Star, she had like she had to have been knowing what was going on in that scene because it's in her music. But it's almost a little bit, and I don't want to say it's watered down or that it's whitewashed, but it was a little bit more like, because it was still pretty street. And even like, I remember like the Lucky Star video, like sh- no one looked like that, that I saw, you know. I or wasn't at least,
0: ex- the, yeah, nothing in our neighborhood looked like that, but she was she was taking a lot of her stuff from that Detroit like house scene I think
1: well that was her the guy that she's in that band the Breakfast Club
0: he was a DJ in Detroit in Detroit yeah so that's where Which she's makes probably more,
1: getting her influence
0: yeah that makes a lot like the Frankie Knuckles type stuff she, that Derek you know May like, and, like who's, who is who I guess the only person who I can say before her would be the two main people would be like Donna Summer and Tina Marie yeah like Tina Marie singing back background and Rick Rick James
1: yeah Rick James definitely and then
0: Donna Summer like that Donna Summer disco track, that the one that Giorgio Moroder mm-hmm. did. It sounds kind of like Miami Vice ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the I feel love or I need love or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's a song by Frankie Knuckles. It's like this. I think it's like a similar title, something about love, uh-huh. and it's got that same. It's got that real techno, like first initial versions of like techno house music. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> when I was listening to when I went back to listen to this, this debut record, like Lucky Star, I think that one like they think so, uh, she married that director. And he used it in a movie mm-hmm. and like I hadn't heard it in a long time. And I saw that movie. I was like, oh, man, I think it was in um, what's that movie with Brad Pitt or in England uh, Snatch. Mm. I think they used it in that. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's still a good song. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a good... You can put that on at a dance party. It's a good song, you know. Yeah. But I was listening to it just in the car, just here in the house. And some of the other tracks that I don't remember ever hearing her do, it sounded like those places where you go into the mall, they had those recording booths where people who thought they could sing or, like, Mm -hmm. good at karaoke, whatever. It sounded like it was produced in one of those spots. It doesn't have, like... This great production value, yeah, until you get to her next record, which I think, yeah, and that's
1: Nile Rogers. That's yeah, different. so
0: when Like a Version comes out, you know, leaps and bounds beyond this record.
1: But I think, too, because apparently she wrote all but two songs on this album. Uh, the ones that she didn't write was Holiday, and the other one, uh, I think Physical Attraction, which that's in a movie, and I can't remember what movie it was in. Um, cause she did a lot of, st- a lot of her stuff came out in movies, like contemporarily, like they, like around the time before she started being in movies. Well, that was like not click Cause I mean, de- <clears throat> desperately seeking Susan was pretty fast in her, like, you know, in her career s- rise, but, but you're saying used in movies that she wasn't in like physical attraction. That wasn't a movie. She did a, she did a song for vision quest. That was one of I her I remember ballads. vision quest. Yeah. Um,
0: but and then there was the a movie songs, that she... Uh, like, that was the Vision Quest song. and Like, the video had the, the... That was the wrestling movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Matthew Modine and... Yeah. Uh, but anyways, the...
1: Um, getting back to, like, the visual impact. Like, she had, like... She be- definitely borrowed a lot of from, like, gothic fashion. Like you know with the torn fishnet and with like all the
0: rubber black bangles like you remember that like yeah, kids like she used took, to wear that shit like it was almost like she took the the Susie and the Banch she, she took the Susie Sue look and like glammed it up to this like pop version of it where they had but, the daglo
1: and it was almost borderline
0: like i don't want to say steampunk cuz i really
1: hate that but it she looked just like trashy like yeah. there was like some like purposefully trashy yeah yeah but it was weird because, like, those those little black bangles and stuff, like, mm-hmm. they were just prevalent after, you know. And even, like, seeing the Lucky Star video, it was so, like, it's even hardly a video. Isn't it just her in a green, like, uh, dancing in front of a green screen that's, like, a white room?
0: like Or I think it's just a white room. Yeah, I can't remember the video. But it was really effective. It's just her writhing on the ground, rolling around yeah. with that outfit on. Um, that every single girl literally the next year was wearing. That's what I'm saying. The malls were just... But even... Boom. But small. <laughs> like, I remember... I mean, shit,
1: I was in, like, fourth and fifth grade, and kids were coming to school dressed like little Madonnas. Yeah. And they had those little plastic, like, swap meet purses, and, like, just... It was almost this whole big extra push of like like she's selling records i think that record i don't know how long it took to, to turn gold or platinum but it was almost like like the birth of like now it's something bigger than just records it's fashion and you know what i mean like yeah. and and really instantaneous because of MTV and you think of like like Debbie Deb like the what's the song we're talking right now Lookout Weekend? Or no, the, when the I first hear music? one. Huh? When I Hear Music. When I Hear Music. Like, that song is still classic. Doesn't sound dated to me. Um, but it's almost a little too, like, like hardcore as far as, like... You know, like, Lucky Star has the components where it's, like... it's It has that, that urban approach, but at the same time, it's also...
0: Again, I don't want to say watered down. It's just different. It's um, Well, I think what you, I think I, I get what you're saying. Because, like, the Debbie Deb, if you weren't a Chola or lived in, like, a hood-adjacent neighborhood where there that was going to influence you. And not because only Cholas listen to that music, but, like, suburban white kids weren't listening to Debbie Deb, Lookout Weekend, or When I Hear Music. Like, yeah. That was a full-on, like, and, and I don't want to just brand it ghetto, but you had to be... You had to know what was up. And most of the cool kids came from these neighborhoods. It wasn't the rock and roll, like, you know, yeah, st- type stuff. And like I the think, underground. I think Madonna
1: had just enough of that in her DNA, in her music, that it opened up doors to, like, maybe a kid that would never hear of, like, Traneer or Zap or anything that's, like, that was, like, oh, shit. Well, like, there's this whole other dance music thing. Like, she opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing with, like, I don't even know what Debbie Deb looked like, but I knew that voice. But with Madonna, because she was, it was just like the perfect time. Like, even with, like, they were pretty bold by, and I, th- I think she had her whole act pretty close to being sewn up because she had her name. She had, like, you know, right. she had almost, she like, was like, a complete package. 75% of her first album she did. Uh, So she knew what she was doing. I'm sure she had probably some influence in her fashion and everything. But apparently, like, her first photo session was her just showing up to the studio with, like, a little bag of clothes. And basically just floored the photographer by she just already seemed like a natural.
0: Like, she knew what to do. Yeah. I'm looking Um, at pictures of Debbie Deb right now. Straight chola. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um,
1: Like, just straight... Chola. but think about how bold that was too that it was like she's just going by a moniker no one knows who this is the cover of the album is just her face and the name madonna. it doesn't even yeah. have an album title it's just straight up. it says madonna on it twice that's yeah, it that's it um it's black and white yeah it's black and white right mm-hmm. yeah but the other thing that i was thinking of because I, I was thinking about you know because then there was like Everything else was kind of groups, cause like Debbie Deb, she had a group behind her. I don't think she wrote those songs. I no, don't I think know. that was all Stevie B.
0: Yeah, see what I mean, that, like yeah,
1: and like Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, like that was a band. I'm still, um, I still jammed to Lisa Lisa. Lisa Lisa was dope, man. Um, and but then you know what I was thinking, cause I was thinking about women, obviously, like women artists and who. She influenced who she could have been influenced by. But then you know what I thought, because then I started listening to I listened to a single before I came over here. I have this one single and I think it's actually Stevens. Um, It was I think it's called You Can Dance and it's a six song EP. It has like remixes of like everybody, and it's it's actually a really like oh, because she says you can dance in a track, but
0: it's not the title of the song, right? It's in "Get into the groove." That's it. That's the song from "Desperately Seeking Susan," and it's like yeah, like echoed over the top. And that EP it's it's really bad
1: remixes. It's almost like they didn't even try. It was just like let's put something out because yeah. we need to cash in. Who
0: was her who was Madonna's main was it Jelly Bean? Her maid? Her main producer. Oh. <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know her if her fucking like, maid? maid was. Fucking maids. Uh who was her main producer? Was it Jelly Bean back in the day? Jelly Bean or was Yeah. She... Well he did he
1: basically did two cuts on this album. On and this, then on the first record. He did Almost like four more that she wasn't happy with, apparently. I just, I, I did a little, actually did some research. Um, he remixed some of the stuff for this album because got she wasn't it, happy it, it. with it. But the other producer she was working with actually is the one that wrote Holiday and Physical Attraction. Got it. Got and it. if you think about, like, you listen to the whole album. To me, there's the song Burning Up. Um, Everybody was her first, like, kind of sing- single. Mm-hmm. And then there's a third song on there. Do you have the list up? Uh yeah. It's on the I think it's on the first song or the second song. It's
0: the second song
1: or the is second uh, side.
0: So it's Lucky Star, Borderline, Burning Up, I Know It, Holiday, Think of Me, Physical Attraction. That's it. It might it think it's Think of Me because
1: think of so me. Think of Me, Oh, and Everybody. Think of Me Everybody and Burning Up. If you listen to them, they're all kind of the same. Uh, like they just have this, the 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 chorus is just saying the title, repeating it over and over and over. It's kind of dancey, and then if almost they're like, to me the way I'm listening to them, it's like one of them's pretty good, and then the next one's kind of like so so, and then the last one's like, is almost like she didn't have that much material, and was just like I have this little paradigm of what mm-hmm. a song should be, and those three songs are on there. And none of them are standout tracks, right? Um, but "Borderline" is the song that really stands out
0: on that album because it's so different. And to me, I think that's the one they shot that video in East LA, right? That I don't even remember Barrage. the video. I remember cause you know the only reason I remember that is because Uncle Gilbert was there when they filmed it. Oh really? Yeah. What he, the
1: didn't know was he
0: who, doing there? Who knows what he <laughs> was doing there? <laughs> anyway, I just remember him asking who she was because he oh, was like, I oh, she that. was over here shooting a video. Like, have you ever heard of this Madonna? And she was in the East L.A. like auto body garage or some, mm. some shop in East L.A. that they shot the video at. That must have been crazy, too, because, you know, nowadays,
1: I mean, we didn't grow up like, you know, we we spent a lot of time in L.A. and Hollywood, but it wasn't like we grew up in there, right? Like in the streets and went to schools. But I don't remember as much time as we spent. Like it was a big deal if you saw like movie trucks and sets. Now that's just just everywhere because they're yeah. filming anything at any time and all day. You know, everywhere, just commercials, whatever. So that must have been pretty pretty wild. Yeah, but anyway, what I was what I was saying was um. So, the song How or Borderline, everything else is kind of has some dance, whatever. Borderline is just a straight pop song that to me sounds like a precursor to her next album. Because, like a virgin, the song Like a Virgin, Material Girl, none of that's like Lucky Star. It's like it's almost like it lost its dance ability yeah. and was just straight up let's write some pop, pop hits. Songs. Yeah. Because um, you know, a, like Lucky Star has like it's got funk baseline, yeah. It's got some
0: programmed drum beats, and it still has like a little bit of element of the freestyle that she was exactly influenced by the the music genre freestyle, which yeah is taken from that like you know it's bef- it's not house, it's not techno, but it has those elements, and then people you know, girl, it's usually girls singers too, yeah, um, and like. If you listen to Two of Hearts, which that came out way after Madonna started. Two mm-hmm. of Hearts was like, what, 86 or something like I that? I don't know. Um, well, then you get like Nina Cherry and like... Yeah. Um,
1: what's her name? Even like what I was thinking too, because some of the more... And this this album is not slick by any means, but some of the... You can hear some rumblings of stuff and then thinking contemporarily, like like a band like Swing Out Sister. like it's, mm. It has some of that like almost like pop elements about it and especially a song like borderline or even because Hol- holiday is like like lucky star is like has just enough grit where i think that's why they probably chose that as the lead single because it's like okay here's this video who's this everyone's gonna be like who's this girl she looks like she's like like kind of dangerous and like the music is it has this like a lot of sexuality about it you know it's it's got an edge and then you hear holiday and that's a little bit more lighthearted, but still and but has these hooks you know yeah. like the little the little piano or keyboard hook like that's the to me that's the best part of that song yeah it's like a clever it's a clever placement of the tracks too yeah know? and that's even like to me it, ma- it makes me think of like like depeche mode when they really got into like just those keyboard hook lines where it's just like candy, you know? Yeah. And then that brings, that bridges that gap of like all the other things that were happening in 83. Like you have Heaven 17 doing really, really keyboard driven music. You have Early Tears for Fears, um, Simple Minds. Like, you know, she. The new it was wave. like. But it was like she wasn't a new wave artist. No. She wasn't, but she was able to have like. Billboard Hot 100 hits
0: and R and B hits. I think she, I think she attracted people who were into different. You know, especially like now, I don't even know if this exists anymore. If kids are like, uh, if they corner themselves into or box themselves into like categorical genres of music as far as fans go. When we were kids. You know, you, you know how it was. It was like you either were a rocker or a punker or a... Yeah, you know, you're a new waver, you're a, a surfer, waver, you're goth, a stoner. Stoner, yeah. And, like, I think she crossed the lines. She was able to cross all those barriers and be like... She would attract people from all those different, you know, sub-genres of, you know, cliques and whatever. And, like, people just knew who she was. One of the first people to be able to do that, too. like Yeah,
1: and that's why I think it's so, like... And it got it almost like it got people into music that wouldn't necessarily have been into music in that way where now she's giving you this big platform of like it's up to you to figure out where all these subdivisions of music are like where she's coming from and then where she went. Because like I said, with like it has elements of new wave, it has R&B, it's got like some dangerous like. Like, the song Everybody, that's the last song on the on the album. That's kind of, like, the most, like... Like, uh, I guess... You want to say urban track on there? And I guess that yeah. was her first, like, single that came out a year before this. And it was... I think the story is that she was, like, begging the DJ at Danceteria, which was, like, a big club in New York back then, to play it. Like, at the club. And then people... Just accepted it as like it wasn't like something like, oh, like, what is this? Like, everyone's out on the floor. Yeah, you know, sometimes you could be at a club, and if the DJ is not good, their next pick could clear the floor. Clearly, that's because people aren't responding to it. But I guess hers, like, they just put that on, and it was like, boom, almost in a kind of in a way. I think, I think New Order has a better story about that with like Blue Monday, you know, that story mm. where. They had it when it was, like, a tape, like, brand new. Took it to a club and, like, fucking played it before it was even anything. Um, So, thinking, like, you know, she... Like, right now, we're talking about, like, uh, remixes and, like, dance 12 inches. Um, That's another element she had. She was, like, a 12-inch artist. Like, you know, not just... Like, a Debbie Gibson, someone that maybe she influenced. Like, Debbie Gibson wasn't a big... I don't think, a, like, dance hits when I think of Debbie Gibson. I don't think of 12-inch, like, singles. But Madonna definitely always kept that, like, capability of she could she could produce songs that would have remixes, and other producers would want to remix her stuff, you know, especially when you get to the, like, like Vogue's, and, you know, she just evolved in right. that way. But thinking about, like, the song uh, Get Into The Groove, or is that what it's called? Get In The Groove? Get in the groove, yeah. It's from the Desperately Seeking Susan movie. So I don't know when that movie came out, but basically that was the movie with her and Sean Penn and Roseanne Arquette. Um, Clearly Madonna was a hit, so now she's in a movie. Right, yeah. I don't think that... I think she was just chosen to be in this movie, whatever, and yeah, maybe she had a lot to do with the soundtrack, but then that's what made me think, like she has a lot of similarities with Prince. Mm. Like, for one thing, her name is just one word. And it's so one word where, you know, some artists, like, it's very hard, though, for, like, like Cher. That's just it. She's just Cher, you know. Did her and Prince
0: ever do anything together?
1: Madonna? I don't know. I just thought about that. You know what I mean? Like, there's people that were huge, but they still weren't, like, like, think about, you know, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. He wasn't known as just like Plant or like, oh, yeah, that's Robert. (laughs) Hey, Robert. Like, it's weird. And uh, Madonna and Prince, like, the thing that it's to me is she almost is like the female prince. Um, Yeah, definitely. But, and it's not that she didn't have the work ethic or maybe she didn't have the talent. She was a little bit further down the line because they almost kind of blew up at the same time, too. But Prince has albums that were like in 78 and Mm -hmm. like he basically was this solo artist from way back when, had to struggle through being like, you know, pre-MTV, being on R&B charts, you know, like he really didn't cross over till what, maybe like 1999? Because Controversy, I don't think, was like top 40 stuff. But then you get to Prince and then he makes Purple Rain, which is that was great. That was revolutionary. Like literally it was Prince in the revolution, like a fucking whole movie about the whole scene. And he made the whole soundtrack and he wrote the songs for the time that were also in that movie. In like, the movie, yeah. it's just like, how <laughs> is this one person capable of yeah. all of this stuff? Um, and a fucking movie that he's in, you know, like, yeah. and starring. And it's like, and, he did great. He didn't ever have to be in another movie ever again. And it was just like, man, he fucking they pretty made convincing.
0: That, they made that black and white under the Cherry Moon movie. Yeah, supposedly so, that's crap. Flop. <laughs> but it's you know, it's like well, after you come out with Purple Rain, you know, it's hard to compare anything anything he does after that in in the visual sense yeah. is gonna be compared to But that. even Graffiti Bridge was okay. It wasn't like but still yeah, it was G- like *Graffiti Bridge* was was like a was like a what do you call it like a like a play that they've just filmed yeah like the way it was kind of like it purple
1: like a, rain part 2 in a way because yeah. the time's in it and they're still you yeah know. but so like with Madonna I think she I think because of like the groundwork that was laid out before and again with the timing of MTV like then she just gets plucked to be like oh, well, you could write songs and you could dance and you could do all this, but she didn't write the movie, but she's in the movie. Right, right, right. Um, She didn't uh, have to wait that long and put out five records before she, you know, it was just the first one drops and then boom, there's the platform. But the credit that I will always give to her is she never stopped being that like evolutionary artist that, you know, she's still to this day pushing the envelope. And, you know, making new music. The thing that I think that's different is her as an artist, like, everyone has different levels when they get to that, like, superstardom. Especially when you're talking about, like, icons. But to me, it seemed like Prince was still just always a true artist. um, And didn't, at least in the public, let his, like... Like believing his own hype turn, like give people a bad taste in their mouth. Like
0: Madonna. I mean, the closest that he got to that was when he was fighting with Sony about his. Remember when he changed his name to the symbol? Oh yeah, yeah. He hit. You that know, was a little. That was like his public fit. Rightfully so. I mean, it's his money. It's his yeah. original music. But he went a little out there with that stuff, and you know, he had that. He had slave. <laughs> Yeah, shaped out of his beard on his face, and like it's it, it. was like he had every right to fight for his, you know, his masters and all his, you know, his product, his creativity. It was just that was the closest he got to like. Really I forgot about like, all that. It, yeah, it, that was weird. it. Was a big thing. Like, but he still made fucking incredible music even during that time. Yeah, because a lot of people who would go through something like that, they'd put something out, or they would put a greatest hits out. He didn't do that. He was like, no, you want something i gonna make my own and then I'm going to give people, give it to people for free. Like yeah. he really upturned everything with mm-hmm. that. He was the first one to ever distribute music digitally. Mm-hmm. He was the first one to ever do that before, you know, the, the new wave of, you know, digital music and what have you. Um, but going, you know, going back to her and the influence and stuff like that, like you have Tiffany you have, what's that, Martika chick? Mm-hmm. Martika? That's all stuff after her, right? But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. But you had, like, she... Debbie Gibson. She did this whole... She, like, launched all these, like, individuals that were really just like, oh, Madonna put this out. So that's how we have Tiffany. That's how we have Martika. Yeah, they, that's she how we basically have was the template. She so was a template. And then Lady Gaga comes around and completely just redoes everything Madonna did and she's bigger than Madonna almost. Yeah. In a sense. She mm-hmm. just took that same took her playbook, did it in a, and and <clears throat> no no, you know, not taking away anything from Madonna cuz she did it and she did it a long time ago, but this the Lady Gaga chick, she can sing. Like she's a real artist. She can sing and she can write like that, you know, like mm-hmm. she just was like not successful in her ventures prior to so she was like oh this is what people want people want yeah this she had a
1: paradigm to follow
0: yeah and so she just had a plug and play playbook and boom like off the tail and i don't know if madonna ever voiced anything about her or i don't know any of the like yeah i don't know pop you know references maybe
1: nothing that big out in the open
0: yeah, but um, she literally was like I'm going to reinvent myself the way, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to copy Madonna and but that is true hugely like, successful. Like Madonna Madonna can't really sing. She can't. That's the thing. Like I was listen- like I said, I was listening to this record and when I re- you know, when I was 12, 13 when this came out, I didn't think about you know, uh the actual craft of the of the singer, like you know, I mean, I knew what a good singer was, yeah, but I didn't really understand the little subtleties here and there. And it's like she just can't sing. Mm-hmm. And when I was listening to it, it's it really does not hold up. Lucky Star holds up as a song, yeah, but I, I don't even I can't remember the title of those other two tracks. I had never heard. i I'd, n- I'd never owned this record. I only knew Lucky Star because of the video. Mm-hmm. Borderline was on video. I think everybody I I think it was like a radio hit and probably clubs would play Yeah, it was it, it was like a R&B chart. Yeah, but it was never anything that I, I But Holiday was this. kind of, Holiday they still play. Holiday. Yeah, they play Holiday, but like there wasn't I never really actually sat I never would put this on and listen to it by myself, you know what I mean? I was always in an environment where it it worked like it was either in a car mm-hmm. or at a party or at a club or, you know, if I heard it in I saw it was watching videos, you know, sitting there, but I never actually sat <clears throat> and just listened to this record. And I was listening to it. And I was like, the, it just is a real, it does not hold up to my memory of what it was. Yeah. You know, like the quality of the recording, her voice is just not good. And, what? and, and the song, like, the song is memorable because there was nothing else like it at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm-hmm.
1: Well, even just the... And still, like, I listened to it. I listened to it the last couple of days. Uh, this was never one, too, that I was just like, oh, I'm going to put on. But, like, when I used to play records, like, out in public, like, I'd always take this record because you could always put it on. Like, it has, like, a handful of tracks. Honestly, to me, in my opinion, it could be an EP and it would be just as good. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, again, like... Being someone that, you know, understands how hard it is to put out a fucking full album's worth of material. Like, it's it's definitely not one of those albums where it's just like, oh man, every single song. Like, those are, those are super rare, you know. Um, that takes a lot of talent and a lot of cultivation and time to produce. Like, and in the story behind this album is that it was like she was coming up short. When it was like, oh my god, this this girl, you got something. We heard your record, your single. Like, let's do an album. And then it's like, shit, I have to make a whole album now. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, that's why it could have been. An and EP. did she
0: ever play instruments? I think she. I think that she
1: fooled around and was kind of like a drummer, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up.
0: Um, because like going back into the comparison not comparison but like the relation to prince like he was an instrument you know he played instruments he, oh yeah he, he was, was like a stevie a, wonder he's like a musician, he could do musician. everything yeah he can he can play everything all the instruments drums and i think that's the difference between his creativity and hers like she was more of a Im- creator of imagery in her own imagery and was able to like have, like, her finger on the pulse of what was happening and be able to play to that. She did at
1: least, like, supply her soundtrack initially. But that's why, like, you look at Like a Virgin, she gets in the hands of Nile Rodgers, who is, you know, big-time producer. Yeah. There's no way that she... Well, I don't want to say that because I don't know. uh, But she probably definitely had a lot more help on that record than her first one. Oh, it yeah, was I mean, almost like okay, now let's get shaped. Yeah, it's you clear. Know, let's let's find this direction.
0: Um, but nothing would have had. I mean, go, you know, it, as I'm she had trying, enough of something to work with. She did. Yeah, on it was like own. a diamond in the rough. And had this not ever came out, who knows what would have you know what would have made what would have happened? Because this was enough to get people's attention, like the Nile Rodgers of the world. And, yeah. and what have you and studio execs that want to put out, you know. Record studio execs that want to like, you know, understand like oh there is something here there's a market for it and then it and then like a version comes out and now the market is like eating you know chomping at the bit to get this stuff she could have she could have like that second record could have
1: broke her and she could have had no reason to ever do anything turn into all the different you know that's another thing where she's kind of to me she reminds me of Prince where. They just they got to a point where they're almost reinventing them, reinventing themselves with every album, you know. Because like you look at Prince's early stuff, a of, and a lot of that's Bowie too. Um, yeah, that's true. A lot of it's Bowie, just in a different context of yeah. like you know, it's danceable. Yeah, in this well, and I, I mean, Dave Boy had some. He got kind of dancey or whatever, but it's it's especially in this era, in the '80s era. There's like oh, yeah. the Modern Love. Well, yeah, they were all at one point all together, (laughs) yeah, you know, doing stuff shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, but like Prince, like you look at, I remember it was the biggest um, difference was when um, what's that album? The it's not uh, around the world in in Paisley Park. Well, what's what's it called? Paisley Park. It's not the album. Around the world in uh, something days. No, that's that's a track. Oh, okay. Oh no no no. It is, right? Around the world in a day. That's the one. Yeah.
0: Is the owl. Like that's the
1: one with Raspberry Beret, Paisley Park and that I remember Pop those Life. videos it was like it was still a band but then it was just like, well, this is totally this is totally different, coming from a different thing. Yeah. That's when t- he started to really get in my eyes like more and more like in love with Jimi Hendrix or whatever. And then,
0: you know, remember the song on uh, it's on the Graffiti Bridge soundtrack. There's a drum intro. It's it's totally a Hendrix. drum. Oh, it's it's Little Miss Lover. Little Miss Lover. It's the it's a sampled beat of that. But I thought, I thought he was replaying it. Is it just samples? I think it's a sample. Could be. But it's like it totally starts off with that. Yeah. Jimmy What's well, a great beat. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: and then what, what was Alphabet Street on? Is that on Love Sexy? Glam Slam. Is that on Love Sexy?
0: Love Sexy. <laughs> that one. I'm just naming tracks that are on these albums. Because <laughs> uh, then that
1: was co- completely different too. And now he has Love longer Sexy. hair. The yeah, Motherfucker's just
0: naked on the cover. Yeah. Just straight up Love naked. Sexy. Yeah, that had, that's one of my favorite records actually of his. Um, I don't know if it's because of well, the time or whatever. But yeah, that's like... I still go back and listen to that one a lot. And that one ain't on any place to fucking listen to it. Like, yeah, you can't listen to. I I own it, but you can't listen to it on like a streaming service unless you buy it on iTunes or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he before he got into the new generation or the the new power generation that changed comp- another complete change when he did his symbol. Yeah. Work. Uh, that was when it was like diamonds and pearls. Yeah, and, uh, and then he did the new. the the prince and the new power generation after the revolution was uh, you know fell apart I don't know if it fell apart but they just didn't do anything together anymore Um, and the reinvention again and again and again like up until the point up until music college or the last thing he did before he passed away everything he was doing was just always different Mm -hmm. it was like and little bits of like, the further he got, the the older he got and the further he got into his career, the further he would go back. Like, he almost started getting, like, Sly and the Family Stone-ish on the mm. last couple of things. You yeah. Know, like, and jammy, you know. That was probably just because that's what he wanted to do. Yeah. Like, his roots, you know. Um, but because he's a musician. Like, yeah. he can
1: play. Because I remember Sign of the Times, too, was so weird.
0: I think that was the first
1: MPG, right? The first new power generation. I don't know if he called it that, but it was the first. That was when the
0: revolution was gone.
1: Well, all these things were introduced because remember, like even his symbol kind of just popped up, but it wasn't all about that. And like he was just, I guess, creating and going with things. Yeah. But then, so then thinking of like Madonna, like in her phases, like the album that like had "Papa Don't Preach," which that was in another movie. Is that True Blue? Sean, Sean
0: True Blue. Yeah, True Blue. That album's
1: great. But it's completely different. Yeah. And then that has, like, I think Cherish. And um, and then she gets into Vogue. I feel like once she... Like, Vogue was kind of, like, she's getting back to, like, kind of housey stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And then once she got in... And then she had that whole phase where she was, like, in that movie Evita. And that's when she lost her goddamn mind where she thought she was <laughs> fucking British and was, like... That, and that's what I mean, like, where I guess Prince had his thing where, oh, just don't just call me this symbol or whatever. Yeah. Everyone, when you're that big and you're an iconoclast, I guess it's it's going to happen. But I think that she once she got into like and there's a lot of there's a big time gap that I'm not really filling in the gaps with. But it seems like once she got on that, like the EDM tip, she never got out of that. And it's almost like yeah, now she did that
0: what was that album that has a song music on it because that one's a weird album because she did like that, a, was, she, that song was everywhere. Yeah. Like she opened the ground. Gram- I was at that. I was at that Grammy performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, actually, Stephen and I <clears throat> and I worked on that. And it was a cool. It was a good song. It was like a big fucking hit. And but there was a song on there. That almost had like a country sound to it, hmm. which was weird, you know. And she's actually in cowboy. Garb oh, I remember in that video too, her fashion thing. And it's on the same record. I don't know the name of the record, but uh, or maybe it's just called music. I don't know. Um, but she had done that before too on the like. When you're saying like "Cherish" and on the "True Blue," like preach. "Papa Don't Preach." A lot of it had like she was kind of all over the place. Like, but mm-hmm. then the big. Hits were always those like EEM driven ones. Like that's yeah. that's always what's gonna be her
1: and that's where I feel like she she's catering to that audience now and she's still trying to give them over the top, like, you know, controversial. But I think that's almost because she's like turning she has turned into like, okay, well let me just do what is expected. And right, that's yeah. where the difference, like for me, it seemed like Prince was just like he doesn't fucking care. I'm going to play at the forum for almost a month and I'm just going to fucking play. Like she would never do something like that. She'll sell out Staples Center, but then it's like it's a it's a calculated, you know, thing. And I'm sorry, but she seems like a little too old to connect to that
0: audience
1: She's way too old on paper. You know what I
0: mean? She's way too old. Yeah, she's like 61 or something. Yeah, she's a grandma. Um, And all her reconstructive surgery just makes her look ridiculous. But it doesn't matter. That's that's something that, unfortunately, too many of these people's egos affect their... It gets dictated by... Yeah, like, it sucks that people have to be viewed this way. Like, they, they have to constantly be looking a certain way. It's like... This is just who she is. She made great music at one point in time. People should just respect that. You know, yeah. not expect well, her to still look and they probably like she's get, 30. I mean, you get you do get addicted
1: to, like, if you're a performer, you want to perform. If you make yeah. records, you want to always make records. Like, not everybody's like a Linda Ronstan, which... There's a new movie about her which I saw the ad for over in um You're i was going to say be? Philadelphia. I have not been in Philadelphia for years. You went to Philly?
0: No. <laughs> you went to Philly to <laughs> see Linda Ronstadt
1: movie? No. That was an expensive Pasadena. movie trip. <laughs> the Lemoly in Pasadena, Philadelphia,
0: Pasadena. Hey, you know? Hey, can you get a cheesesteak in Pasadena? I knew it. That's it. Fucking Gino's? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm at Gino's in Pasadena. Um, I mean Philly. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Is Linda Ronstadt sick? I don't know. I was listening to NPR the other day and they were saying something about her. I caught the tail end of it. She had a sniffle. She had know? a sniffle? <laughs> cuz she was in Philly when she was supposed to be in Pasadena.
1: Yep. I got They had it. the coldest summer ever this year <laughs> Philadelphia. she kind of cold. I saw her at CVS buying <clears> certs. Um No, but you know what I mean like with her her like whatever Linda Ronstadt uh, great artist. And then just got to a certain point where it was like, I'm out. Like But she yeah. has her legacy always imprinted. She's probably in some kind of Hall of Fame for something, whether it's country or whatever. Um but it's hard to like how are you okay with like just getting older and not doing what you suppose you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, what your career is. Yeah, it?
1: some people yeah. could do it. Some people will sit there and, you know, just fucking have a bunch of kids or be into whatever which ooh, that reminds me so especially in the arts we're gonna translate this one this is gonna be the first time this is groundbreaking uh <laughs> this is also gonna be uh the meow donna <laughs> version we're gonna translate we're this gonna translate cats? this for cats because nobody gives a fuck about cats anymore <laughs> it's all about dogs like you know I'm so sick and tired uh, of seeing people walk in the store with their dog and then if even if there's I've seen some handsome hounds on the street handsome hounds yeah and I'll look <laughs> at them and then the owner's just there like like they're you have nothing to do other than you you're holding the leash the and hound, picking sir. up the shit of this yeah. dog what are you, you fucking proud about
0: make- this handsome hound yeah and then dogs I, you know what i don't like i don't like hearing that they it, that the dog is a rescue they didn't rescue the fucking dog oh they went to a they drove someplace that had it in a fucking box they took it out the box they weren't fucking. yeah oh, well, i was dog. in a rainstorm in philly i was outside of gino's <laughs> and this dog this dog was hanging <laughs> by a nail I climbed up four stories and I rescued this dog. Like, fuck you. It's not a fucking rescue. Everything. It's a used
1: dog. And then you know what? What if I want to take my cat fucking to the store? I'll be getting dirty looks.
0: Oh, yeah. And you know what? But cats, you know what? There's no such thing as dog burglars.
1: Something just came unplugged.
0: What?
1: Something came unplugged.
0: Oh, no, it didn't. Oh. It's just this. Oh, okay. It's something that was already unplugged. But then cats but look, are like. But there's no such thing as dog burglars. But there are cat burglars.
1: I know, because cats get a bad rap. You just immediately accuse cats of burglarizing people. Because I, cats are sneaky. <laughs> but that's because they're smart. Cat. And then they get reduced cats to buffoonery where sneaky. now it's just, oh, yeah, look at this. Let's watch stupid cats doing stupid shit on Instagram. But there are cool cats. There's all... And
0: look at that jazz cat. Yep. There ain't no so... jazz dog. But you say, what up, dog? You don't say, hey, look at that cool dog over there. No, or the that dog's jazz dog. <laughs> There's hot dogs. Yeah, hot dog.
1: Because
0: <laughs> <that>, and then <laughs> that's a fucking hot dog right there. The best dog ever is Atomic Dog. I don't give a fuck <laughs> what anybody <laughs> says. What about a Dodger dog? Bow, wow, that's wow, who you, you rescued. <laughs> A dog. I saw this dog in traffic. He was a Dodger (laughs) dog, and I went and rescued him. If the dog, if the dog is dodging traffic and you picked and you rescued him, then you deserve to say, "I rescued this Dodger dog." Yeah, but there's got
1: to be a dog named Dodger.
0: Dodger, Roger. Dodger. (laughs) Dodger. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Dodger.
1: (laughs) What a fucking asshole. But seriously, cats like. Because I have a cat, I got hey, two cats. Why the fuck? <laughs> why in the fuck are we talking about dogs and cats? Because I want to make this podcast cat friendly. My poor cats are sitting in the apartment. They got not They're just there. Put a fucking podcast on for them when you leave the house. All right, this is a cat friendly podcast. So we'll translate. I could speak kind of cat. Just meow. <laughs> I have a friend that's a master of it. Really, it's just me on my days off.
0: I have a friend who masters cat translation. But seriously, no one gives a fuck about cats. And I'm sick of it. Hey, guess what? I'm one of those people.
1: Well, just think about it. You grab your favorite
0: cat. You Get uh, a ball of yarn. You know and who you does just put this podcast? But on. you know who cares about cats? What? Run the jewels. What's they that? They did an entire album in cat mix. Did they? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They you never heard that. The meow mix. They did the meow mix. Mm-mm. They did their whole album. The whole. I gotta get that. Album is a meow mix. See, that's what. And that's you don't hear about that. <laughs> Shout out LP. Shout out Killer Mike. <laughs> They love cats. That's what I'm talking about. And their logo is cats with headphones. Is
1: it? Yeah. Isn't Napster? Wasn't Napster a cat? Napster was it because he took cat naps. And that's bad. Cat see? naps.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why.
0: I'm tired of all this dog Lazy shit. dog. <laughs> Fucking cat naps. Oh, my God. I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs>
1: We're talking Fuck about Meow Donna. Fucked
0: up right now. <laughs> 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 what was that Felix the Cat? What was that cat movie? Felix. The which dirty one? one. Fritz the Cat. Fritz the Cat. Yeah, another one. Oh, dirty yeah. Dirty ass this Cats cat. just
1: walking around <laughs> fucking everybody. Por- yeah, that's bad. Porno
0: cat fucking
1: film. <laughs> but your dog. That's the other thing. <sighs> if I'm in, the, if I'm, I have to go to the bathroom every 10 seconds. The only places I could count on is Starbucks. Maybe a public library, which where are those? And if they're if you're in a grocery store, you have to find it. Yeah. But just normally, if I gotta go, I mean, you can't. But a dog could just shit all over the place, and oh, look at that cute dog! Like, (laughs) fuck that dog! Look at that handsome hound
0: taking a shit.
1: Yeah. (coughs) Handsome hounds. So, anyways, Madonna. Let's. Um. Let's get into a rating. Okay.
0: I mean, honestly, two. (laughs) Two? Damn. I mean, there's one good song. To me, there's only one good song on this record. And I'm not trying to be a hater. And I, I, I know people love her. I know they do. And I'm not trying to offend anybody. But especially for this first record... It is poor quality. It does not hold up to me. Uh. It is not something that needs to. This does not belong in the Library of Congress.
1: Like yeah, like a virgin, that.
0: I would give like a six. But this record, I'm saying, I'm talking a high two. I'm talking <laughs> like, I'm talking two point oh 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 nine because <laughs> Lucky Star is the only only one that matters to me on this record. All right. Um. Just on, I I try to look up to when I was doing
1: my research, but just that beginning keyboard intro on Lucky Star, Mm -hmm. that's pretty dope. Um, But I couldn't find out like who did it or like Mm. what the, if, you know, probably they don't care about it either. They're just like, yeah, whatever. It's the first record. But I would give it. Because I think what it did culturally, because that was her like introduction into the music industry, and there's no way in hell she would have, you know, turned into what she turned into without that initial, you know, and even like just the cover. It's just like, fuck it, you're Madonna. This is your introduction to the music industry. Cover is just gonna be your fucking face, black yeah. and white. Like this is it's just raw. Um, and the songs, I, I do like. Uh, I love Borderline and Holiday and Lucky Star. I think it could be a great EP. Um, I'd give it a seven because I don't think that it's... uh, Now, in hindsight, looking back, I think it just did more culturally. But again, it was because of MTV, which to the record industry, yeah, it counts. But at the same time, like there are records that fucking will long outlast their merit and value when MTV wasn't even around. That's just straight up because what the material that was on there was that great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
0: No, I I hear that. I I think that she did have... I think she did have merit. I'm definitely with you on that. She has the merit. She deserves the merit for starting the scene. I'm talking about just based on the record itself. It should... It should be a higher score because of what she did accomplish, but I think I would reserve that for the next record. Just recording quality, song craft quality, and the fact that she can't sing, I'm saying I'm still giving it a two. That's cool. Um, the
1: one thing I want to add was... Uh, so, yeah, we ta- you talked about our cousin, Steven, and um, I don't think I've seen anybody in love with madonna more than he was which is fucking hilarious like some Nobody. people even people married to madonna i know with her as much sean as Penn her. was like yeah she's cool whatever sean Penn was like she's okay but Steve he would was socks John Penn in the face like beyond fanatical and to the point where he had this thing too where it was the like we all know him from that where it's everything was his jam like, oh, that's Everything my jam. Was that's his my jam. jam. Like to the point where <laughs> there was, I remember our cousin Cindy, they went somewhere and he they got in the car and they turned the, the car on and there was a song on that was his jam. They couldn't
0: leave. They couldn't even
1: leave yet yeah. until they heard the whole song.
0: <clears throat> he did that with me and Kevin in the car, leaving the party. <laughs> And I think it was three songs. And Kevin was like, is every song his jam? <laughs> no, because remember, wasn't it that
1: every song he was like, man, this is my jam. Yeah. So it was like that three times in a row. And then the next song that came on, he didn't make a peep. Yeah. And then that's when your friend Kevin was like, I hey, Steve, I'm... is this not your jam?
0: <laughs> is this not your jam?
1: So that was kind of a way to like why I wanted to pick this album uh, so We did it. Madonna. First album, you gave it a two. I gave it a seven. This is for Steven. This is his jam. This was his jam.